Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a spirit of jealousy as we pick up in Numbers chapter 5, verse 13. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. If a spirit of jealousy would suddenly come on a husband, and he'd wonder whether or not his wife was really being faithful to him, then he was to bring his wife before the priest with an offering for her of a tenth part of an ephah of barley, which would be a tenth part would be about a couple quarts. He shall pour no oil upon it or put any frankincense thereon, for it is an offering of jealousy, bringing iniquity to remembrance. And the priest shall bring her near and set her before the Lord. And the priest shall take the holy water in an earthen vessel and the dust that is in the floor of the tabernacle the priest shall take and put it in the water. And then he is to charge this woman with a severe oath, and she is to drink this bitter water. And he said, if you have been unfaithful to your husband, may this water cause your belly to swell and your stomach to rot. And a woman would have to drink the bitter water and then wait for the consequences. And if her stomach would swell and all, then she was considered guilty and was put out. But if there was no ill effect, then she was considered to be innocent and and her husband's jealousy was unfounded. Imagine if you had an extremely jealous husband And every week you're drinking this bitter water. Man, you women have come a long way. That that would really be tragic. It would be difficult indeed if if your husband was an extremely jealous kind of a person, always hauling you in before the priest and going through this routine and making you drink that bitter water. So that's the law of jealousies. Uh, And when the spirit of jealousy comes on a husband and all. Now in chapter 6, we have the rules for taking a vow of a Nazarite. Now the vow of a Nazarite was a vow of consecration unto God. And if you wanted to make a special consecration of yourself to God for a period of time, you could enter into the vow of the Nazarite. During which time that you were going through this vow of the Nazarite, you were not to drink any wine or any grape juice or eat any grapes or even raisins. You were not to take anything that came from the vine to eat it. You can even eat sarma because that's grape leaves and all, and you could have nothing from the vine. And you would allow your hair to grow during the time of the vow. You wouldn't shave or you wouldn't cut your hair. And that was the vow of consecration unto God. 
Now this is the vow that Samson was to have from his birth. For when Manoah's wife was barren, and the angel of the Lord came to her and informed her that she was going to have a son, and she was not to bring a razor to his head, not to allow him to drink anything from the vine, any wine or anything, and that through him God would begin to deliver the Israelites from the camp of the Philistines. She came to her husband and she said, there was a man that met me out in the field and said I was going to have a son and I wasn't to shave his head and he's going to be a Nazarite and so forth. And her husband says, I'd like to meet this fellow. If he shows up again, let me know. So she was out in the field again and, and the angel appeared again. She said, would you mind waiting here a minute while I go get my husband? He wants to meet you. So Manoah came and when he saw the angel, he said, well, uh, uh, I just, uh, you know, she was excited and I just uh, figured I'd find out directly from you just how do you want me to raise this boy now? And so the angel repeated this instructions to Manoah. He was to be a Nazarite. Never was a razor to come to his head. The vow of the Nazarite from birth. The sign of consecration unto God. Now, in the process of time, Samson became involved with Delilah, and she daily was pressing him for the secret of his strength. And in a moment of weakness, after this continued pressure, he said, if you would shave the hair of my head, then I would be weak like any other man. Now, there are many people who from this get a false concept, thinking that Samson's strength lay in his long hair. False. Hair cannot make you strong, or the lack of it doesn't make you weak. <laughs> his strength lay in his consecration to God. And the absence of his hair was the sign of the broken commitment to God. Any man who will consecrate his life to God has a source of strength and power. But a broken vow, a broken covenant, and you become weak as any other man. And that was Samson's own testimony. If they cut my hair, I will be weak as other men. But all oh, the strength that lies in dedication to God, the strength that lies in commitment, in consecration. And Samson's life from his birth was a life of consecration, the vow of the Nazarite, but when that consecration was broken, the shaving of the head, the symbol of the broken consecration, then the weakness that was there. And so this is the vow of the Nazarite. Now Jesus was known as a Nazarene. And the vow of the Nazarite was no razor to come during the period of the vow and not to drink anything from the vine. And so when you wish to 
when, when the thing was over, your, your period of consecration that you had made and your time of separation, then you were to bring a lamb of the first year for a trespass offering, and you are to be brought to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the priest shall offer the offering unto the Lord, the lamb of the first year without blemish, for a burnt offering, and a ewe lamb of the first year without blemish for a sin offering, and a ram for a peace offering. So the threefold offering of burnt offering, which is consecration, or burnt offering is consecration, which you have been consecrating yourself, the sin offering, and the peace offering, the offering of fellowship or communion with God. You are also to bring a basket of unleavened bread cakes, of fine flour mingled with oil, the wafers of unleavened bread anointed with oil, for the meal offering and the drink offering. And the priest shall bring them before the Lord and offer the sin offering and the burnt offering. And he shall offer the ram for a sacrifice of the peace offerings unto the Lord with a basket of unleavened bread. And the priest shall offer also his meal offering and the drink offering. And the Nazarite shall shave the head of his separation at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and take the hair and put it in the fire which is under the sacrifice of the peace offerings. So now your, your period of consecration is over. You shave your head, you take your hair, and you burn it. There, at the time that they are burning the peace offerings, you put it on the fire of the peace offering. And the priest shall take the sodden shoulder of the ram with one unleavened cake out of the basket and one unleavened wafer, and shall put them in the hands of the Nazarite after his hair has been shaved, and the priest shall wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. This is holy for the priest with a wave breast and the heave shoulder. And after that, the Nazarite may drink wine. This is the law of the Nazarite who has vowed and of his offering unto the Lord for the separation beside that that is in his hand that shall he get according to the vow which he has vowed. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron, unto the, his son, saying, On this wise shall ye bless the children of Israel. Now the priest had a twofold function. His first ministry was to stand before God representing the people because a man could not approach God. It was impossible for sinful man. It is impossible for sinful man to approach a holy, righteous God. The holiness of God would just burn you to a crisp because of the sinfulness in your life. Therefore, the unrighteous, unholy man could not approach the holy God. Thus, you needed someone to approach God for you. And that was the office of the priest. You would come to him, bring your sacrifice to him, he would take your sacrifice before the Lord, and he would go before the Lord to represent you. But then... He was to come back to you and represent God. So his ministry was twofold, representing the people unto God and representing God unto the people. Now, this is how he was to represent God. When he came back to the children of Israel, he was to represent God with this threefold blessing. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. 
The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And God said, And thus shalt thou put my name upon the people. This name of God, which is only represented in the text by the consonants, no vowels. So the pronunciation of it became impossible. The name of God was represented in the text by the capital letters Y-H-V-H, just the consonants, because they didn't want people pronouncing the name of God even in their minds. Thus, the pronunciation for the name of God was lost. And whether it be Jehovah or Yahweh is a matter of theological debate, but nobody really knows for sure. But it was that glorious name by which God revealed himself to the people, which is really not so much a name, but a verb which means the becoming one. As God becomes to man whatever man's need might be. And thus the name of God was often coupled with other things. As when Isaac said to his father Abraham, Here is the wood, here is the fire, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. And later he called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord will provide. God becomes our provider. Later on, when the children of Israel were battling against the, the Amalekites, and they had come out against the children of Israel with their trained army, marching under their banners of war, and the children of Israel, just so soon from slavery, totally unskilled in the art of war, no banners, just a bunch of guys with staves and sticks. Someone perhaps said to Moses, where are the banners? And he said, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is our banner. He's become our banner. Again, God revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha. He has become our healer. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah that when that kingdom age comes, he will be known as Jehovah Tzidkenu. The Lord has become our righteousness. But we know that name in its most familiar form, the name Jehovah, as Jesus. For the name Jesus is the Greek for the Hebrew contraction of Jehovah Hashua, or Jehovah is salvation. And when Joseph was questioning on whether or not to 
have Mary stoned or to put her away privately. The angel of the Lord said, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She's going to bear a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Yahshua. For he shall save his people from their sins. He is expressed by his name, even as were these leaders of Israel. Jesus, Jehovah, our salvation. So, the Lord bless thee. God wanted his name to be put on the people. First of all, relating to blessings, for God wants to bless his people. And the blessing of his keeping power, the blessing of his grace, and the blessing of his peace. These are the blessings that we have received through Jesus Christ. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory. Grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And he is our peace who has broken down the barriers that existed between us. So the name that God put upon the people was all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord cause his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee even as the face of Jesus did shine as the sun. And the shining face always bespeaks hope of goodness, of grace, and related to grace. And then lift up his countenance, the smiling face. Your countenance is lifted up, a fallen countenance is a scowl, is a frown. So many people imagine God scowling at them or frowning at them. Our older daughter was going through one of those moods that children often go through where nobody loves her. And she was just a couple of years old and she was just, she had to be corrected and when she was corrected, nobody loves her. Everybody hates her. Nobody loves her. And I said, now, Jan, you know better than that. We love you. Oh, no, you don't. Well, Jesus loves you. No, he doesn't. I said, what do you mean? She said, I just looked up at that cloud, and he put his head out from behind it and stuck his tongue out at me. Her little imagination was running wild. <laughs> just like my grandson. The other day they were coming home from Central California and they came through a tremendous electrical storm. Lightning all over the place. And he was just sitting there in the back seat just enjoying it thoroughly. <laughs> and as they were driving down the road, he went to sleep. And when he woke up, he said, I had a dream. 
that Jesus was up in heaven pulling switches, and every time he'd pull a switch, the lightning would flash, you know. And he said there was this little rabbit hopping along the road, and Jesus pulled a switch, and the lightning electrocuted him. And his mother said to him, Oh, William, that's awful. And he said, Well, maybe he didn't know the lightning was going to hit him. And Chuck Jr. said, William, Jesus knows everything. He said, well, I guess he just wanted to zap the rabbit. <laughs> but it's amazing what our imaginations can do. They can run wild. And so often we imagine God scowling at us. God is angry with me. God is frowning at me. But God said, this is how I want you to put my name on the people. Tell them, the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Numbers on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Numbers 5 through 6 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord watch over you this week. May the Lord bless you. May He fill you with His love, with His Spirit, with His grace, that you might manifest the Spirit, the nature of Jesus Christ in your relationship with others, that you might walk even as He walked in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Do you want to know a great story about gang members, drug addicts, mental patients, society's rejects, and how God turned their lives around to use them mightily? It's all right here in the book Harvest. Join Pastor Chuck Smith as he tells the story of how God transformed the lives of 10 men to reach the world. Read the testimonies of Greg Laurie, Raul Reese, Mike McIntosh, 
John Corson, Skip Heitzig, and others, and see for yourself that if God can use these guys to spread the gospel worldwide, then God can use you too. To read a sneak preview of the book online, visit thewordfortoday.org or call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD. I want to encourage you to check it out. This just might be the book to change a life of a loved one or even you. Visit thewordfortoday.org.